the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get started on a Monday, the 23rd morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2020. It is a morning in which we can say definitively, sincerely, and without reservation that the leadership of the Democrat Party in the United States of America despises this country. It is a morning in which we can say definitively and without reservation that the leadership of the Democrat Party hates Donald Trump much, much, much more than they like this country. I will give them, perhaps, depending upon how the rest of the Democrats in the Congress act today, I will give them, perhaps, that they don't hate the country, they just dislike it severely, especially when it compares to Donald Trump, but... For now, I will just say, I think we, well, again, I said without reservation, so I'm going to stick with it right now. Democrats, by and large, hate this country. There is no other explanation whatsoever for what they did last night. The American people are in a very precarious situation. We are facing not just a potential recession, but because of some of the actions of some of the leadership in this country, we are, and of course, because of the actions of the Chinese government and the spread of the Wuhan coronavirus, we are facing not just a recession. We are not facing just a recession, perhaps, that is the worst since World War II. We are facing something that might be as bad as, if not worse than, the Great Depression when the markets crashed in 1929. That is how serious we are uh, of, a precar- of a situation we are in right now. You talk about precarious. There is, There are, rather, so many levels to this that we have to try to sort through today. We're going to do our level best uh, to get this under- explained to you, to understand why and how. And, and quite frankly, you have to act. Look, 
I'm I'm one person in one small corner of America here in Northeast Ohio. I'm going to reach as many people as I can reach, and we need other hosts and other people and other influencers and other drivers of policy to reach other members of Congress as well, and to reach their constituents rather, so that they can reach them and demand that their Democratic leaders step up for the American people and stop holding the American people's relief package hostage over blind hatred of Donald Trump and thus blind hatred of the United States of America. I do not believe that is overstated at all. Last night, Democrats, specifically Democrats, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer torpedoed, that's the word Dan uh, Dan Crenshaw, Republican member of Congress from Texas, used in his tweet, torpedoed a bipartisan emergency bill that would provide payroll and rent for small businesses, give credit to businesses across America to keep them afloat, and put cash in Americans' pockets while raising unemployment benefits. There are no good reasons for them stopping this bill, just plain old blind partisanship and severe cases of TDS. That's right. If you think that coronavirus cases are the most uh, dangerous thing that one can contract in the United States right now, you're mistaken. The most dangerous disease in the United States right now is Trump derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome has infected the minds of Democrats since he came down the golden escalator, certainly since he won the nomination, certainly since he won the election, certainly since he was inaugurated, certainly since he has done great things for this country over the course of the last three years. Trump derangement syndrome is a real, legitimate, tangible disease. Now, I'm not a doc, and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and I'm not trained, but I'm telling you, There is something in the brains of people who would wish harm on the American people rather than allow a president or the president's party to be the driving force behind something that helps the American people. That's not normalcy. That's not a normal psychological profile. There is something very, very deeply disturbing about that. There's something in the mind of the demon rat that says, I would rather see people suffer, see the markets tank even deeper, even further this morning than see Donald Trump and or Mitch McConnell and or anybody else on the uh, uh, Republican side get any credit for drafting a bill that that would provide massive amounts of relief to an economy that is in a very precarious situation. It's just not normal. Now let's talk about what they did and let's talk about how it was reported last night. Because this matters. This is very important. The New York Times last night ran a headline, 8.49 p.m., ran a headline on their website, Democrats block action on $1.8 trillion stimulus. That's correct. Democrats blocked that action. There is no way to spin it any other way. The American people had had relief in sight, much needed relief in sight, and the Democrats slammed the brakes on it and said, no, not doing it. Why? Some bullcrap excuses about corporates, uh, corporate uh, um, bailouts compared to individuals getting their checks, the relief checks, getting uh, um, uh, unemployment uh, 
unemployment expansion, etc., benefit expansion, etc. All this garbage about well, there's too much corporate assistance here. Cor- corporate corporations don't deserve a break right now after what is being done to this country and in this country. Corporations can't get a break. Dem- Demon rats, you're willing to hold up people's relief checks. You're willing to hold up the payroll tax holiday. You're willing to hold up all of the advantages that this bill gave to the American average middle class, Main Street American voters and citizens and constituents. You're going to hold it up over corporations? Corporations that will be defunct within a, within a month? Corporations and companies are going to be declaring bankruptcy in another month of shutdowns? Driving a 30% unemployment rate? Because that's what we're looking at. Under Donald Trump, we've had a record low unemployment rate since it's a 60-year low. At about 3.5% all-time lows for certain demographic groups, African Americans, Latino Americans, women, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, handicapped or disabled, if you will. All of these numbers are, now we're going to go from 3.5% to 30% because of this. The American companies, the American people need relief right now, and they're going to hold it up over that? No, that's their excuse. That's their answer. That's their, that's their answer as to why. Well, the corporations were getting too much, too much of a bailout. Garbage. New York Times ran that headline. Now, this is what you need to know, not just about what is happening, but about what the American people want you to think is happening. What the, excuse me, not the American people, I beg your pardon. The American media, the left-wing media, want you to think about what is happening. The New York Times ran that headline because it was accurate. Democrats block action on $1.8 trillion stimulus. I don't know who made the phone call from the Democrat offices in, in uh, the Capitol building, or if it was George Soros himself, but somebody got to the New York Times and said, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You just ran a headline that said that Democrats blocked the $1.8 trillion stimulus plan. Do you know what that's going to do to us? Do you know how that makes us look? Fix it. So about, let's see, the first headline ran nine, hold on, let me double check here. I want to make sure I have the exact amount of time. I guess it's not that particularly relevant. But the the original story that they ran, or headline that they ran, was Democrats blocked the $1.8 trillion uh, stimulus plan. Then, shortly thereafter, since I don't have time stamp on this, shortly thereafter they changed it to Democrats block action on stimulus plan seeking worker protections. So we got to spin it. Democrats didn't block the trillion, the, the eight, uh, $1.8 trillion stimulus plan. They, they, they were seeking to, to aid workers. Then, if that's not enough, a few minutes after that, they altered it again. The headline changed to, Partisan Divide Threatens Deal on Rescue Bill. They went in three levels from Democrats block action on $1.8 trillion stimulus plan to Democrats block action on stimulus plan seeking worker protections, to partisan divide threatens deal on rescue bill. Unbelievable. They will not, the American media will not ever tell you the truth. You want to know why Donald Trump calls them the enemy of the people. You want to know why Donald Trump calls them fake news. You want to know why I and others call them the same thing. That's an example why. Because they will do anything and everything they can to cover their partners 
in their crimes. And that's exactly what Democrats in the media are. They're partners in their crimes. That headline evolving, spinning from Democrats blocking the bill to Democrats doing everything they can to help workers. They're, they're just trying to help workers. And then now it's led to a partisan divide. But bad news for the New York Times. Even NBC, even NBC can't hide the reality of what was done last night. NBC's Today Show, today, actually began, and it's on their, it's in their, uh, uh, it's in their headlines as well. You'd better believe it was Senate Democrats who torpedoed coronavirus relief. Democrats' strategic debacle continued apace this morning as news organizations reported on their last-minute renege on the coronavirus relief package late yesterday. This is more of a headline than a substantive report, but nevertheless, the Today Show made it clear Democrats obstructed the bill. If Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer expected the media to carry their water on this one, so far they have miscalculated. I will correct that. This is from Hot Air, by the way. Ed Morsey at HotAir.com, one of our properties at Salem. Uh, but I would disagree because they're not reporting on the uh, New York Times headline evolving to indeed carry the water. But the Today Show, at least for this, you know, for as of this morning, uh, did not. Uh, they did not carry the water. They said, yes, this is absolutely the Democrats blocking, torpedoing of this bill. And what does all of this mean? You know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes people say uh, great minds think alike, and I'm not going to try to put my mind on par with Hugh Hewitt. He's one of the smartest people I know, one of the smartest people I've ever met, right up there with Peter Kersenow. But sometimes they do. I had um, kind of a, I don't know, something came as You know what? I can tell you what it was. I was listening to Steve Hilton last night on Fox News, but this morning, you know, a, a video clip. As I was preparing for the show, I heard Steve Hilton talking about this, uh, the economic calamity we're facing right now being worse than the 2008 uh, recession, worse than really any recession perhaps since since World War II, and then going all the way back to the Depression. He went for that, said this is going to be worse than that. But anyway, I, I was just thinking to myself, this is, this is 9-11. This is an economic 9-11. Because it's the best comparison I can make. It's an economic 9-11. And what the Democrats did last night by blocking this relief bill to try to save American businesses and to try to save American workers, this would be like blocking the firefighters from getting to the towers. This is, this is, this is an economic 9-11, and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are forming a barricade to stop the firefighters from getting the towers to try to save people's lives. That's literally what they did last night. And then I turned on Hugh Hewitt this morning. And you hear how Hugh Hewitt described this, uh, this event, uh, what they did last night? Hugh Hewitt described it as Democrats shot the tires out of the fire trucks. He mentioned 9-11, but shot the tire. In other words, here comes the, the, the relief to save the day. Here come the fire trucks to put out the flames, wherever they may be. Democrats shot the tires out of the trucks. I find it amazing, and, and like I said, this is not to claim uh, uh, equal status with Hugh Hewitt in terms of uh, mental acuity or ability, but uh, I do find it interesting that both he and I thought fire. I thought 9-11 and the burning towers. Democrats literally, literally 
forming a barricade to stop the fu- the uh, uh, rescuers, the first responders from getting the towers to save lives. And Hugh says they shot out the uh, um, tires in the on the fire trucks. It's all accurate. It's all real. It's all true. And we're going to continue. This is the partisanship the Democrats wanted. This is the partisanship the Democrats get. They need to wear this. They need to be made to own this. And they need to own it now in April. Own it in May and in June and July and in August and in September and October. And on November 3rd, Americans damn well better make sure they own it then. Much more coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Partisanship on display right now in Washington, D.C., and really around the country, but particularly from our leaders in Washington, D.C., um, is uh, is beyond the pale. It is simply inexcusable. And when I say partisanship, I'm going to be partisan in my explanation and tell you that it's one-sided. Republican leaders in uh, the Capitol are working their tails off to pass a bill to provide relief to the American people. And make no mistake about it, that $1.8 trillion is essential to just helping people survive. We're not talking about replacing everything they've lost, which will include jobs because of these extraordinary shutdowns of American commerce, decisions made in at least 12 states right now, and yes, we are in one of them, to shut down all businesses that are not considered to be essential. These decisions are going to put thousands upon thousands of businesses underwater, probably unable to emerge again, probably unable to get to the top, and probably going to file bankruptcy. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, by the time it's all done, perhaps millions of Americans are going to lose their jobs, and with them, their health insurance plans that they get through their employer, their retirement plans. People aren't going to be able to make their rent, make their mortgage payments. There are going to be people on the streets because of some of the decisions being made. And while we can discuss reasonably and responsibly what the reasonable and responsible approach should be from government, and we will discuss that and have been discussing that, some things are necessary. Some sacrifices do have to be made without making a full-on depression happen before our very eyes, which I feel like is what what is happening. As, As our leadership makes the decisions that need to be made at the national level, the federal level, to try to provide relief for all of the Americans suffering under these types of decisions, all a result of the Chinese Wuhan virus, this is a time for people to just say, yep, let's get on board. Let me ask you this. After 9-11 happened, and everybody who was alive at that time describes it as the most extraordinary feeling of unity that they have had in, I don't know, decades, right? Republicans and Democrats came together. People volunteered to give blood, no matter who they were. People volunteered to support the first responders. They donated money. I mean, everything we could do to try to ease the suffering of those impacted on 9-11, Right. As we look back at that time and remember that unprecedented feeling or that you know long long awaited uni- uh, uh, feeling, I won't say unprecedented. Certainly, the country has come together in many other terrible times. 
prior to that, but um, as we look back at that now, at, at how the at, at, uh, how the country came together, do you recall anybody saying who gets credit for that? Who get, who gets more credit for the country being unified on nine twelve and in that period of time after? Nobody, because it's not about credit. It's just hey, we got to we got to help each other here. Look, we're, we're under attack. We are under attack by a ruthless enemy. Look what they just did. And we said, let's bond together, and there was no credit. That's what should be happening now. Let's get together, leadership get together in the Capitol. Let's say, let's get this relief. We've got to get these checks to the American people ASAP. We've got to get this relief to the American businesses, small business owners ASAP right now. Yup. Who gets credit? Nobody. We, Americans, get credit. Let's do this quickly. Agreed. And instead... It's the Democrat Party, Schumer and Pelosi, who said no, because McConnell wrote it. McConnell and the Republicans are going to get credit for it, and we just signed on. We can't give him credit. We're going to beat him in November. And if we give them if we uh, uh, pass this right away, the markets are going to start to rebound. We can't have that. We've got to kill the market so we can kill his chances of reelection. No, we'll hold off. We'll claim we're fighting for more protections for workers. We'll let this thing sit for a few more hours on Monday before we actually agree to something. We'll let the markets tank just a little bit more to make the hole just a little bit damn deeper to climb out of. And then blame it all on Trump. That's what's happening. This is not unity because all they care about is credit and an attempt to drive more and more blame toward Donald Trump in what they call the Trump virus, which is why we will continue to call it what it is, the Wuhan Chinese coronavirus. Back after the news. Not about France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer, the reaction to last night's unbelievable backstabbing of the American people by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and their Democratic allies in the United States Senate. An absolute backstabbing is what it was as the American people were on the verge of getting greenlit, the, um, or at least sending it to the president's desk for a quick signature to get checks on their way to you and to get relief for America's small businesses. Um, but they refused to do that. Their hatred of Donald Trump, of course, trumps, pardon that, uh, all of their uh, potential interest in helping the American people. They would rather harm Trump than help the American people. That much is, is factual. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. Did you see what happened on Friday? It was in the afternoon, so obviously we couldn't talk about it on Friday's program. But President Trump got into a discussion with a reporter about whether or not he is being too hopeful and too optimistic about certain drugs, particularly uh, malaria drugs, um, that could be used and could potentially uh, be a, not a cure, but a medicine that would help shorten the duration of the disease, you know, of the virus, of the uh, Wuhan virus, and get people back on their feet again much more quickly and help them, of course, become, you know, help them recover and, and increase the, the rates, obviously, or decrease the rates, the mortality rates, et cetera. So for for two days, the president talked about this could be a game changer on Thursday and Friday. This could be a game changer. These um, uh, these these uh, tests that are going on right now in in uh, in in labs 
to try to find this, you know, this, uh, this treatment. I want to call it a cure, and it's not a vaccine either. It's a treatment for what's going on right now. And so he's being very optimistic, and he's talking about how this is going on right now. This is very promising. This is a drug, by the way, that's been used for a long, long time in the treatment of malaria. Uh, and so this is what we're working toward. This could be a game changer. Maybe, maybe not, but it could be. Based on what I've seen, it could be a game changer. Very powerful. That's very powerful. Then, moments later, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn said that several antivirals, including the one used against malaria, were currently in a regular clinical trial coronav- uh, cl- clinical trial for coronavirus and declined to give a timeline on when the timeline uh, on when their use might be approved for fighting the disease. And immediately the press turned into Trump is 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 promising things that aren't there. Trump is promising we've got a game changer. Trump is promising that this is about to be over. I have a headline in front of me from Friday from CNN.com. Trump peddles unsubstantiated hope in dark times. Trump peddles unsubstantiated hope. They're criticizing him for peddling unsubstantiated hope, for daring to see a light at the end of the tunnel, saying to the American people, hey, here's something. This is what's being worked on. This could be, emphasis on the word good, a game changer. And they're ripping him for giving people false hope. I find that just staggering. Just a few days before that, they were ripping the president, saying that he wasn't giving them enough reason to be hopeful. The American people are looking to the leadership of the country, particularly the president, to be a calming voice, to be an optimistic voice, to be something, somebody who's reassuring that the whole thing isn't going to collapse on us. And now he's giving those positive reports and the optimistic views of some of this research, and they're ripping him for peddling unsubstantiated hope about those drugs. Now, I bring that up from Friday in order to bring you this from this morning. Dr. Oz on Fox and Friends talking about the very same drugs that Donald Trump was criticized for 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 um categorizing as a game changer or a potential game changer. Listen to the latest. The end of last week, and he was talking about these hopeful uh, results, trial results, of how a French doctor charted about three dozen different patients. They all had coronavirus. And rather than the standard course as has been going, as we look at this graph, look at the red line, at, at day one, day zero essentially, everybody had 100% of the virus. And then by day six, everybody in the study had zero virus. Tell us about this possible drug combination and how hopeful you are about it. Well, I read the study. I was stunned. Literally, a jaw dropped. I didn't know it was possible. And I started immediately trying to get in touch with this physician. He's a very well-respected French doctor. I finally got him to talk to me, believe it or not, because his wife watches the show. And he started to explain to me why he'd done this study and what it had showed. And I, had, I did the interview yesterday. We're going to air it today on my show. I was flabbergasted. He took concepts that the Chinese had been working with um, and some anecdotal ideas and then constructed this trial. Now, in his mind, this, this data is so powerful that he does not believe a randomized trial is worth it. And in France, some cities are moving forward without cl- clinical trials. However, as a, as a physician and in America, 
we feel strongly about randomized trials. So I spent the weekend working with the team at Columbia. We've crafted a study that would replicate what he did, but a true randomized trial where neither side knows what they got. And we're going to test with these two drugs, a malaria drug plus ZPAC, basically, can reduce the chance of, uh, of you having a virus that lasts in your body more than five days, as we're showing the study, and also will it reduce the amount of virus the whole time. This doctor told me something else that was very important that he hasn't published yet. He said that the clinical outcomes were trending towards improvement. He's, he's a very precise man. He did not want to release data until he had more. So in 10 days, we'll get that information as well. But this is a game changer because if you can take a combination of two already existing pills, repurpose them to use uh, for the American public to shorten the amount of time you're infectious and hopefully reduce complications, this becomes more like the flu than coronavirus. So that's Dr. Mehmet Oz citing the research done by a French medical researcher and finding extraordinary results with the combination of basically a malaria drug and z shortening the duration that people have symptoms from coronavirus from two weeks to maybe as little as five days and reducing the amount of virus present in the body. Think about that for a moment. And what did Dr. Oz just say? What were his words? This could be a game changer. The same words Donald Trump said on Friday and Thursday about these drugs. These could be a game changer, and they ripped him for peddling false hope. Well, does Dr. Oz and the French researcher and the other teams who are looking into this, are they also just peddling false hope for the purposes of, of improving their own image? The, I, the one thing I think, as we all live now with bars on our windows and doors here in the state of Ohio, and in about 11 other states, I think there are a dozen states doing this shelter-in-place thing now. Or uh, Mike DeWine called it yesterday, stay at home. But uh, as we're all kind of living here in essentially seclusion, un- unable to leave our homes unless we have to go get supplies at the grocery, grocery store or the pharmacy, unless you work in what is considered to be an essential industry. As we sit here in, in misery and in, and in sadness and in despair and wondering how long this is going to last, The one thing that we have is hope. The one thing that we should be able to look forward to is hope. That great great things are coming, that better times are coming, that relief is coming. And they rip Donald Trump for trying to offer hope. Well, maybe they won't rip Dr. Oz. Maybe they won't rip this French researcher. Maybe if it comes from someone other than Orange Man Bad, they will join us in trying to spread hope to the American people. Because that's what we need right now. 945, quick time out. Congressman Jim Jordan next on AM 1420, The Answer. Continuing on AM 1420, the answer. I know there's a whole lot of people on hold. I'm going to beg you uh, to uh, stay there and be patient because we are going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan here in just a moment. Oh, there he is. I am told he is on the line right now. Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, the answer. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? Doing fine. Uh, everybody healthy in the family? Uh, we are, and I hope the same for yours, and, and frankly, for we hope that for every American family. Um, well, but... You know, we'll get through this. Well, there is physical health, 
and then there is economic health, and that's what I want to start mm-hmm. with, Congressman Jordan. Last night, uh, a $1.8 trillion relief package that is intended to provide yep. that economic health, or at least a bit of a respite for uh, middle, middle class, all Americans really, but particularly middle and, and lower middle class Americans to get much needed relief checks in their pockets. Uh, and then, of course, for small business owners and um, uh, mm-hmm. in order to try to help them survive this, this terrible lockdown that we are all, uh, you know, enduring. Um, and the Democrats, torpedoed it i this is just an unbelievable betrayal of the american people i know they have trump derangement syndrome i know congressman jordan that they don't want to do anything that's going to give the republicans or president trump any credit for doing something positive but for goodness sakes for them to kill this thing last night all for partisanship purposes is just beyond the pale go ahead yeah, I mean, look, we're at a point where uh, let's get past the partisan politics. Let's focus on what's good for the country, um, you know, and, and let's quit, quit criticizing each other, quit criticizing the president. I mean, think about the president. He, he, I think he's done this the right way with, uh, you know, we, we know his decision on, on stopping travel from China. We know his decision on on uh, stopping travel from, from Europe. We know he's working with the private sector. Did you see now where you got, like, GM, Ford, Tesla, they're working on building respirators. We got Haynes talking about building uh, or, or, or making masks for, for healthcare workers and for others. Google's trying to do the work. I mean, so he, the, the president is engaging the private sector to help deal with this. Let's work together and let's, let's deal with this. Let's do it in the right way. Let's do it in a, in a way that's going to help small business owners who we know are hurting right now. Um, let's focus on that versus one side give a speech and the other side give a speech and Democrats say they won't vote for this because, you know, let's, let's, let's do what's best for the country. Yeah, you know, Congressman, I'm sitting here nodding my head listening to you say all of that, and I promise you every listener is doing the same thing, but because that's just common sense. What? How do we get that message to the idiots over there shaking their heads? And I'm sorry, I know you can't call them that, but your colleagues, Nancy Pelosi, and on the other side, in the other chamber with, with Chuck Schumer, they are literally telling all of us nodding our heads about this common sense, unified approach to providing relief to the American worker and to the American businesses, and they're saying no. Uh, what, how, how do we get this through to them? Well, I, I, and here's what bothers me, too. I mean, think about last Friday night. Actually, it turned out to be Saturday morning. We got to sit so a week ago, uh, so now about 10 days ago, uh, nine days ago, we had a bill that was brought to the floor of the House of Representatives that we had 15 minutes to review. I think there was about seven and a half, nine minutes, eight minutes, or whatever, of debate on the bill. And then you have to vote on it. Now and, and and now, when a, a week and a half later, when we see what's happening with our economy, we see that some of the numbers with people who are contracting the virus, they they say, oh no no, we got to take more time. So I, I don't I don't. Why was it such a rush a, a week and a half ago to spend all kinds of money on a bill that, frankly, I don't think I think may have, may hurt small business owners versus that then yesterday no no we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna take action we're gonna hold Nancy Pelosi says she's gonna design her own piece of legislation so I don't I it, it just seems like there's the, the opposite approach there so you're exactly right let's step back let's exercise common sense let's do so in a way that that respects fundamental liberties fundamental rights uh, and 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 let's work together as a country to deal with this situation. Yeah, and and this is only going to get west uh, uh, worse. Uh, obviously, the market futures were down. I know it opened what about twenty two yeah. minutes ago, and 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 this mm-hmm. didn't have to be this way. So, uh, Mitch McConnell said a new vote. I guess for now it should be going on now. I, I I'm not watching it obviously because we are talking, but yeah. something has to be done. Some intercession needs to happen here because the economic pain is only just beginning to be felt, which is why I want to ask you next about the, the shutdowns. Uh, 
Uh, Governor mm-hmm. DeWine yesterday announced it, essentially saying stay at home unless you are an essential worker in an essential business uh, or unless you have to go to get supplies at the store. Other than that, stay at home. Ohio, I think one of 12 states now to do that, to essentially shut down all businesses with the exception of quote-unquote essential ones. I don't know how we recover from that economically, but I also recognize the need to quote-unquote flatten the curve that everybody is talking about. How do you see that decision in Ohio and in other states? Well, as the president said, he's leaving that decision up to the respective states uh, mm-hmm. and, and the leadership of those states, which is obviously the governor um, and, 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 and the legislature. So, um, But the president also said last night, I think he tweeted out late last night, that you know we're going to have to look at this situation in, um, in, in, in a week, uh, the, the, the 15-day mark, and, and do a reevaluation. Let's hope that uh, the steps that are being taken – uh, around the country, and certainly in those really hot spots like New York and, and, and California, the steps that are being taken curve this, put it on the right trajectory, and that we can begin to uh, to, to to move back to work. We'll just have to see. But I, I think the president sent that message last night. Uh, said we're gonna we're gonna look at this, and, and you know he he announced the 15 day mark, um, you know, seven eight days ago. Um, yeah. So uh, let's let's see what happens then. Let's. Let's exercise common sense. Let's let's do all we can to help people um, while maintaining the you know what what they've told us to do the the, the, the social distancing um, and let's go from there. But I think that I think again I think the, <clears throat> the president has set the right tone. Um, but you're right. We we want to get back to work as soon as possible. Uh, it seems to me that 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 if we continue to follow the common sense rules that have been laid out, hopefully we can uh, we can get there sooner rather than later. Is there a reason to be concerned about? precedent being set when it comes to our constitutional rights and constitutional liberties. And I ask you this because, you know, this has been declared a public health crisis, and because of that, we lose freedom to move, freedom to assemble, certainly. Um, that has been taken away from us by each of these states. Um, and with the, with the you know, with the, the, the go-ahead, I guess, the green light from the president who said, do what you want to do, governors, I'm not going to intercede or intervene. And the reason I bring it up is because, you know, just a couple of years ago, the American Medical Association is calling the shots here. It was the doctor, uh, the uh, uh, chairman of the, um, uh, or, or director, rather, of the Ohio Department of Health, Amy Acton, who actually made this order yesterday. So the doctors are calling the shots. Just a couple of years ago, uh, the AMA declared firearms to be a public health crisis. And what I'm asking you here is if... We can allow something to be declared by the medical uh, um, industry as a public health crisis and suspend constitutional rights on that basis. I, I mean, where where does that stop? Could they eventually say, you know, that public health crisis we talked about, firearms? Yeah, in the interest of, of, of that public health crisis, you lose that constitutional right as well. Well, I mean, again, we, we've got to focus on common sense, and uh, we got to we got to exercise common sense, do so in a way that I think as uh, respects fundamental liberty. Um, I'll give you an example. There was um, there was talk in Washington with this legislation that uh, during the uh, the coronavirus uh, the crisis that um, statute of limitations be told uh, so that the Justice Department, if they can't bring a case and they're running up against the statute of limitations, time to bring a case. They were they were they were looking at the, the idea of extending statute of limitations, and they contacted us because we now have the, the position of being the ranking member of the judiciary committee. We said, no, 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 you, we're not going to do that. We're not going to change the statute of limitations. There was talk about video conferencing of judicial proceedings 
uh, during this 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 difficult time and we're like no we can't we can't the, the, the defendant has a right to confront their accuser now if the defendant says for th- their concern he or she says you know I'm okay with a video conference for a judicial proceeding we're fine then we're okay with it but you can't take away a defendant's rights there these are these are fundamental liberties so again I think right. it's common sense during this this crisis is what we have to focus on do so in a way that still respects fundamental liberty uh, let's let's stay focused on that I think the president again has set the right tone um, and and taken the, the the appropriate actions Dr. Fauci, who of course is the uh, a member of the uh, coronavirus response team and has kind of become the de facto leader in making these decisions, said that lives were saved. He said, we are not on the path to Italy because Italy is, of course, having the worst of it right now. And many have said, we're just a week behind becoming what Italy is. Uh, Dr. Fauci says that, no, that's not true. We are not necessarily going to become Italy because of the decisions that were made early to ban travel from China and then a little bit yeah. later to ban travel yeah. from the United States. So these are the steps that save lives. And uh, and I find it interesting that the uh, that Dr. Fauci, who is kind of a hero to a lot of people in terms of calling the shots here, is saying, don't blame the federal government. The president did it right. Yeah, well, shutting off travel from, from China where this thing started is was was. In, in, in hindsight, was a tremendous move, and God bless the, the president for for making that decision as early as he did. Um, and the same with with travel from from the European Union. So, um, look, it, 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 let's let's continue to exercise common sense and let's uh, pray. Um, you, you know, the, the prayer changes things. And, and uh, I always I always talk about my uh, my favorite verse is Second Timothy four seven: Fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And we need to keep faith in this great country and the people of this country that we'll get through this. And um, like we have other challenges in our past, um, let's stay focused on that. And I think if we if we adopt that attitude, um, uh, I think that'll serve us all uh, serve us all well. Some have criticized the president, saying that he should be uh, uh, enacting, and I can't remember what the name of the the order would be, yeah. uh, to order manufacturers to produce more masks. Yeah, Rather than yeah. that, he's trusting right. he's trusting a lot of the private manufacturers to do this on their own, and many of them have said they're doing exactly that. Um, it's kind of interesting because those who call the president a dictator for demanding things to get done, which I think is wholly inappropriate and inaccurate, are now angry because he's not being enough of a dictator and not taking over private companies. <laughs> Well, it, it's working. I mean, we, we we talk about those companies that are just coming in. Go, you know, GM, Tesla, Ford, uh, the, working on building respirators. That's great. Uh, it, it is happening. He is he is reaching out to the private sector and without demanding or dictating, it is it is happening. You saw the press conference a week ago Friday, where you had all those CEOs standing there uh, and, the, and and talking about what they were going to do at that point. That was eight ten days ago uh, mm-hmm. to help to help deal with this problem. So that is the kind of cooperation that that you want. That's the kind of Working together with the public sector and the private sector to to address you know needs and, and concerns we have here in the country. I think that's the appropriate step versus versus uh, enacting this uh, enacting this uh, statute on, on production. Yeah, Vice President Pence said Saturday, by the way, that 35 million masks per month will be uh, uh, produced and bought uh, by uh, from 3M mm-hmm. by the federal government. So that, of course, will help you know that particular company sure. help keep people working as well as providing the much needed uh, materials in terms of the ventilator masks uh, for for those yeah. who are in, engaged in this. Fight. I mean, Walmart, one of the, one of the largest <clears throat> companies in the in the world, of course, is is, is having the they're, they're hosting drive through testing. There wasn't any demand from the from from government to ask Walmart to do that. Walmart, those are the kind of things that I think are are, are helpful and um, are just you know what it, you know it's so consistent with this uh, with this great country. 
Amen to that. And that's exactly what we should do is just count on people to do the right thing rather than doing it under executive fiat. Uh, Congressman Jordan, thank you very much. Terrific conversation. Bet, Best of luck. Stay healthy, Thanks. sir. Stay healthy. Thank you. You too, Bye-bye. brother. And all your listeners. Take care. Th- thank you, sir. God bless. Uh, and I really mean that about Congressman Jordan and others because, you know, nobody is immune from these kinds of things. Look at the United States uh, 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 House. There are a, a handful of members who have it. And now the first senator, Rand Paul, has coronavirus as well. All right. Quick time out for news. Back with your phone calls after. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.